Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, Guy. Hi, Rick. How are you, mate? Episode number 91. Yeah. It's like in that middle ground now between like 90 was fairly exciting and a really good podcast and then we kind of just count down the days till 100 now. Yeah, let's just release eight more very average podcasts and then have a big party for 100. I feel like we need to plan it like this week. Are we actually doing it? I think we do something big. Okay. Live, Richard's Golf Show podcast, me, you, anyone else? Um, who else would you have on? Like a, a third co-host? Yeah. We'll have a think. Maybe we could have like a couple of like guest co-hosts. Yeah, be good. Throughout the, th- we could do maybe like a two-hour one. Have a couple of guest co-hosts. I feel like this one and things now we've we've committing to. Are so, we committing? Okay, committed on your head, be it. Sure job. <laughs> Great. Um, welcome back to Rich Hill's Golf Show podcast, everybody. Episode number ninety-one. Uh, today's one is actually a really interesting one because we've just sat down with for a full-on interview. With England Golf, Jeremy and Gemma. Yes. So Jeremy Tomlinson and Gemma Hunter. You might remember Gemma from the World Handicap Golf, World Handicap, why have I lost my words? Go on. World Handicap System. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Podcast, which is actually one of our best podcasts ever. Gemma's very good. She knows She's really stuff. good. So, a couple of, how long ago was that, by the way? Oh, ages. I looked before, try and look at the numbers we did it. I think it was like... So oh God, I'm going to have to have a look it must now. must be like episode 30s or oh, something. it was ages ago. Anyway, Gemma and Jeremy are coming here today, and um, they want to... They've already come. Oh, yeah, of course they have. Yeah. Sorry, they've just left. <laughs> Drink's trying to pretend it's happening now. We've already done the podcast. <laughs> so we've just recorded the podcast with them. It's very interesting. Yes. You learn a lot about handicaps. Yes. Um, also, a new handicap that's coming out where you don't have to be a member of a golf club, which was... I think will be a really, really important handicap i ended up doing of, it oh yeah you listen did it to the end to hear what my handicap is there you go a little fish little hook there <laughs> uh, <laughs> i feel like you know what you're doing it's even holiday for a week doing nothing but eat and just walk around true. i've been doing you know what though people with pet with children will relate to this it's not a holiday with kids i can imagine three kids it's freaking stressful yeah like, like really stressful come for a week of work i've come back to the office just to Sitting silent. We've actually filmed a good video this morning, which will be out not yet because that's just gone out tomorrow. No, that'll be out soon. Yeah, this week. Golf, well, got new golf ball. It's not a new golf ball. It's a good golf ball, but is it a good golf ball? Oh, that was nice. Um, yeah. So 
I had a nice holiday, nice mm-hmm. bit of time away down in the Cotswolds, which was lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, bumped into a few fans, nice. which was nice. Fans of mine. Fans of yours <laughs> and mine. Um, which always, it, I find it strange outside of the golf setting still. Like, mm-hmm. I expect it at a golf setting now and again, because I'm kind of a big deal. But outside of a golf setting, it kind of, I think it surprises them That's as well. That's what I was going to say, because if you're at um, an event and you see you, you might be like, oh, I saw an Instagram who's coming here or whatever. But if you're stood at a, 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 a mac and cheese van, which I believe one fan was, waiting for some <laughs> mac and cheese, and next to you look and Rick Shields is there shouting the odds. I was at a caravan park, which we weren't even staying at, at a mac and cheese van, ordering mac and cheese, and a fan said, looked at me and went, you Rick Shields? I went, yeah. Went, I think he said that, though, because you barged through the front of the queue with your blue tick on Instagram. Because that's what Rick, that's what, if you didn't know this, that's what Rick often does. <laughs> Whenever we're queuing up for food, he just barges, gets his Instagram, barges the front and goes, blue tick, let me in now. And the, uh, they do. Well, yeah. So that's probably what it was. Lots of clout. Because you go, I'm Rick Shields, I'm Rick Shields. And then he went, are, are you Rick Shields? Well, I, I, guys, it's Rick Shields down here <laughs> at the campsite at the mac and cheese van. Um, was it good mac and cheese? It was, honestly. It was that good. So I had to order the food via phone as well in advance it was that good I actually text the number afterwards and said that was unbelievable did they reply yeah that's quite good they wanted, they wanted me to give them a facebook review but i'm not into that stuff. too much effort i'll tell you what i'm really into mac and cheese recently because we had it, it at the like open it's got really popular it's very i do i'm a big fan of mac and cheese i feel like a lot of american listeners will be dead into i feel like mac and cheese is huge in america. yeah they have more stuff and like yes. all bits and bats i just quite like mac and the cheese when it with bacon Cheddar and onion. Yeah, onion. Okay. Come um, that. No, but it was nice. Nice bit of getaway. Nice to be back. I feel kind of ready to start work again. Mm. Um, and we've got a exciting week this week because we're off to the ladies' open. Off to the ladies' open to do some bits and bats and just watch some golf. Should be good. <laughs> so Carnoustie this year, which we've played. Before. I like Carnoustie. You played it a few times, haven't you? Uh, you know, I played it with me once. I've only played it. A full round with you, though. I've only played it once a full oh, round. But yeah, okay. We filmed and there that, for a that lot was of... you. Yeah. That was good. That was a good course. Uh, Wasn't hard on we played, though, weirdly. Dead easy. Which it sounds... Obviously, Carnoustie <laughs> is known for being one of the hardest courses around. But to be fair, that day, it was easy. There's no rough. It was nice little bit of soft breeze. Not too much. It was dead easy. I can imagine it be... I think I probably beat you that day as well. Did you? I shot the lights out. Did you? We, shot, we played with Liam. We played with Liam from Golf Mates. Who... Uh, It'd be quite good to get him on the podcast, but he's a busy man. I, I asked him, I texted him the other day, I asked him if he wanted to come on, because if you know, I'm sure a lot of people listening knows who Liam is. He's got a golf YouTube channel called Golf Mates. It's really big, doing really well. And he also carried, as you said last week or whatever, on the bag for Dan Gavins and won a European tour event, which is outrageous. So I texted him saying, do you want to come on? And he was busy. I think he legitimately he was, was ca- busy. He, he was, was caddying again for Dan. Yeah, so he was actually busy. <laughs> but... That's a podcast for the future, I think. How? Because my, my my question to him would be like, he came from because where's your PJ Pro? You were kind of delivering a, a service to try and get people playing better golf and hopefully get more clients. He came off the back of. Why look at you? Look at your hair in the mirror yeah. in the phone. Um, <laughs> looks good. Um, he he kind of came from nowhere, didn't he? And built a channel. And I remember his YouTube channel at the start. It didn't come from nowhere. He came from a lesson with you. Thank you. And his channel kind of. I remember being on like four thousand subs for what felt like an eternity and then all of a sudden he got some real momentum and now he's doing really well got a full team and he's employing people and killing it it, it would be getting good to get him on the on the podcast i'm just trying to f- find and you might not have top well, you, of your head I thought you were doing something on your phone then. i was yeah right, okay this podcast today 
with Jeremy and Gemma. What's their official roles? So Jeremy is the CEO of England Golf. He oh, is wow. The, he, yeah, do you not know that? Oh, so he's the, he's the big dog. He's yeah. the top dog. Yeah. All right. He's the, the biggest guy at England Golf. He's All six right. foot seven. No, I'm joking. Um, he <laughs> he's speaks, really nice. So he was a big wig as well, uh, I believe, at Cushnet before he used to work for England Golf. So he's ah. very established in the golf industry. Wow. And he was a very nice guy as well. He wasn't kind of super corporate. He spoke really well and he was very engaging, very obviously intelligent guy. And then Gemma is um, England Golf's Head of Handicapping and Course Rating, uh, and it says in the notes, is widely recognised as one of the most knowledgeable people on the world handicap system in the UK, which I would agree with. Possibly even the world. In the world. She knows a lot about golf, a lot about the handicap system. If you have a question, they typically know the answer. Wow. So it was good. We had 45 minutes with them. Yes. Uh, we learned about a bit more about the world handicap system, the, the trials, the tribulations, about this new iGolf, as you said. Anyone in the world, or anyone in England, can have a handicap without being a member of a course. That yeah. was exciting. Um, I did it and paid for it. I don't know I why. Know, yeah. I'm kind of wondering why I did that now. I know, I'm surprised you did that. Not that you're tight or anything, but I just thought, whoa. It was done for work, really. It was done for the podcast. So you so were expensive. Ideally, I've got a good receipt as well. <laughs> so ideally, that should be expensible. Um, no, but they were they were good. Really good chat. I... I kind of wanted to not just pamper the situation as well because even though golf is at a boom at the moment and they ex- they explained about how much of a boom it was in i also wanted to find out what they're going to do to continue that and how can they get more people in like we've mm. talked about loads on this podcast about somewhat barriers and limitations golfers will have daft rules and st- stupid stuff like that and i felt like they answered it very well they did and um and i've come up with a, a revolutionary revolutionary idea you came up with a really good idea that i thought was very innovative very forward thinking it's not been done before is it and then they said they're already doing it basically not the way i said not the way i would do it yeah you i would do, do it better. with music <laughs> oh, okay then um so yeah sit back relax anything else we need to cover any other news um one thing to, to we were sitting in a different formation because obviously i was next to you and i had a really one of our microphone sounds is really long it's probably <laughs> the length of this one we've got and a bit more so i don't someone's, bo- someone's boasting yeah, i've got a long stand listen let's stop all this nonsense we had last week got little ricky i actually <laughs> um did, did claire tell you a texter yeah so a, a text um rick's wife um we might bleep that out if we're not able to know her name what do you say her name normally on yeah i'll right, okay. yeah um, I texted on their birthday. <laughs> Weird if you bleeped an egg. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've got kind of with the bleeping recently. I really enjoy listening back to the podcast when we swear and you bleep it out. Well, Matt bleeps it out. I texted her saying, uh, happy birthday, which has a nice... nice um... My thinking was that if I come across like I'm a nice guy to Claire, yes. she then says, i tell you what, Rick, Guy's a nice guy. And you go, he's a nice guy. And then when I'm on a salary review, you can go, yeah, he's a nice guy, isn't he? <laughs> I'll go on to say, you know what? He wanted to expense his own handicap. <laughs> we see. I do, well, yeah. Um, but she said, Rick played me the start of this week's podcast. Oh, my God, I was in stitches. A story I didn't think he'd tell. And I replied, I never want to hear about little Ricky ever again. I found out a few more bits. Go on. I, I Googled it. I've done a few more bits. More, more juicy gossip. It is a real drink. Yeah, I've heard that. And it's it Mam Mam Juana or something. Yeah, Mama Juana. I got the name wrong. It's right. not marijuana or whatever I said. Man, mm. Marijuana. Um, and it uh, helps with the blood flow around so, certain areas. Okay, that's very good. So, yeah, anyway, 
Uh, should we get on to a proper serious yeah, chit chat? We've, we've got a good podcast coming up about 45 minutes with England golf. Even if you're not listening in England, which a lot of our listeners now are worldwide, which is awesome, but it's definitely worth listening to. It's not too Englandy. I think you'll learn some stuff about where golf's going, how golf is growing, how we can make golf even better and more fun for more people across the world. So enjoy it. Next week, is we good. have an absolute. I don't want to say monster because that feels like the wrong, and 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 I don't think legend quite gives it enough. Legend gets banded about, bounded around too much these days, but legend of the golf game. Our next guest next week, episode ninety two. It, it's it's massive, hundred percent massive. One of the biggest guests we're ever 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 going to have on the Rich Shields Golf this Show podcast. This person would beat you ten and eight comfortably. Would beat most people in the world ten and eight. The lowest score in a competitive round is one, even, lo- it, one of the lowest scores in history. Yeah. So next week, podcast coming up. Anyway, before that, let's dive into our chat with Gemma and Jeremy. Yeah. Well, it's very nice to have you both on the podcast, Jeremy and Gemma. Thanks for being on the Rickshaws Golf Show podcast. Hi, great to be here. Um, I'm excited because Gemma, last time we had you on the podcast, you're the star of the show. Mm. You had you actually had one of our most downloaded episodes ever, and I believe it's it's catapulted you to fame. Unbelievably so. I believe you got recognised. Yeah, in Halfords. There you go. So what happens when you come on the show? It is. It is. It was. It was very nice. It was uh, a little bit of a shock, but yeah, it's uh, it's always good. Nice to be back. It's amazing that somebody managed to recognise you when you had your mask on. They recognised you from the voice, didn't they, from the podcast? Yeah, I think it's the uh, the northern accent. <laughs> I think it's probably quite unique. I hope he either give you better service or a discount. I oh, was a very nice guy, but well, I didn't get a discount. Oh, boo. Never mind. Um, loads of things to dive into today. I am really interested to know, with everything that's gone on the last couple of years, I want to ask the first question. I have no facts on this. Is golf booming at the moment? Because it feels like it is. Yes, it is. I really just just have right. to jump in and yeah, and say, it, and it really is. And and don't get me wrong, the last thing you would ever want is a pandemic, a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. So let's get that clear to start with. But for golf, it's it's proven to be almost a perfect storm. There is whether it be from um, an image, a perception about golf. I think what it's done is it, it's just almost through. There's a certain amount of necessity through people not being able to throughout the different three different lockdowns. People have come back and they haven't been able to perhaps do their own sport. Yeah. So golf is the number one second sport mm-hmm. worldwide. So what people tend to do then is that they've reverted to perhaps their second sport or something where you know that it works well from a mental and physical perspective. And they've gone, you know what? It's not potentially that good walk spoiled. I can go out and I get some exercise. I can play some golf. And um, whether it be from just a participation perspective or the effect on membership, it's it's really been a great 18 months. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, obviously we've seen it on the YouTube and social media and everything else, but it just feels like the more people we've even spoke to, it feels like there's so many more new golfers mm. or returning golfers or, you know, different, uh, and it's great to see, so many different stereotypes of golfers as well, like young or, or footballers. You know, like you mentioned there, they might they might have played there, they might have every Saturday played 11-man 11, 11 
team. Yeah, eleven aside. Rick's back in, <laughs> just to note, Rick's going to football loads recently, so that was him trying to show off how much he knows. Just embarrass myself. Yeah, there. but like, and, and that'll be out there all day playing football, whatever. Like, I feel like that's the type of person now that are getting into golf and loving it and getting all the new gear and and really that is there now. You mentioned their second sport. It's actually almost becoming their their first sport, their main sport, which is really exciting to see. There's been so many examples of cricketers, footballers that couldn't play sport during the the lockdown because their season was just demolished by the fact they're in the middle of the pandemic and they just wanted something else to do and other opportunity to get together with their mates and be sporty. Yeah, and and they've taken up golf, whether they've probably played before anyway, but they've actually gone. Actually, I'll go to a golf club, I'll join a golf club, I'll play more regularly. And, yeah, okay, there might be the element that they're going to go back into football when the season starts, but actually they'll always still play golf because they, they've enjoyed it so much that we, we've we've got those back into the game. How do you measure all this? Like, is there actual quantif- quantifiable like stats and facts there's more people in? Are you, are you measuring participation? Are you measuring rounds of golf played? Are you measuring new memberships? What What's the metric that's actually measurable? Well, certainly you'll have two measurables there. Um, one is rounds of play. The second is membership. Right. So you definitely have those. And, and to give you an idea, you know, rounds of play, say, coming out of each lockdown would be double and treble times. Yeah. What, what would Couldn't normally be happening? Could you really? Because people have been starved. And of it's course. that same old thing. You don't really know what you've lost until you've lost it or yeah. had it taken away from you part time. Yeah. So that has had an amazing effect. Certainly with regards to memberships throughout England, we've seen, well, it will be in excess of twenty five to 30,000 new members of golf clubs. Um, which was very much encouraged because, of course, playing rights became so important mm. because coming out of lockdown, so many members wanted to play golf. There weren't tee times available for green fee payers as there normally would be. Yep. So that's really helped. And then, so to put that into a, a percentage, how many, and again, you guys are the, are the people to ask, how many members are there at golf clubs in England? Is there a, is there a number that is kind of each year on year? How many members are... Sure. And obviously your England golf, I'm guessing that's the number you mainly measure. How many members are in England? Well, we would have uh, in England, at at the end of last year, there were 650,000 members. Wow. We believe that that number could grow in excess of 660,000. Wow. Um, But on top of that, you would have participants. There's probably another 2 million that would be regular golfers. Yes. And then another three and a half to four million that would be sports and recreational golfers that might enjoy something like uh, adventure golf, crazy yeah. golf, putting yeah. green, go to a, a top golf, something along those lines. And do you track that measurements as well? Like, do you track how many people are going to driving ranges, for example? Yes. Because driving ranges are packed at the moment. When we've, we've got one that's really close to us, Traffic, Traffic Golf Centre, yeah. where I used to work. I've never seen it busier. The queuing the out yeah, of literally the door, queuing. And across Again, the car park, correct. and then all the way in the, to the other car park, and then up the adventure golf, and it, it's bonkers. And you know what? I always, I'm always a big advocate of this. When something looks busy, you want to go. Yeah. Like if there's an if there's an ice cream shop that's busy, it's got loads of people in, and there's one next to it that's not. You go to the one that's busy, and you queue. I, I, hopefully, that's having that effect with golf as well. Hopefully, it's not putting people off because of the queue or the higher demand of trying to get in. Hopefully, it's going. But the hell, golf's booming. I want to. I want a piece of that. I want to get a part of that. Well, Rick, you, there's always, if you like, that critical mass number, which means it perpetuates. Yeah. And that's exactly as you've explained. You start queuing up for something and people are going, well, I want to do that yeah. because it's like that demand thing. 
And uh, but I think the biggest thing really is that the, the people have come in and they've gone. Golf can be fun. Yeah. It is fun. Yeah. You know what? Even if it's just going to having going to a driving range, having a couple of beers and, and hitting a ball, it, it, it's just fun. And it just feels like it's got cooler. It feels like yeah. a lot of celebrities are getting into mm. it. A lot of sports people are getting into it. It feels. I mean, I, even I've had some Olympians who've just won gold in the latest. Tokyo Olympics texting me and going or messaging me how do I get into golf and you're thinking oh my god this is like how cool is golf at the moment like it just feels different to what it has done in the when certainly when I was growing up and you guys have obviously seen it through the eyes of England golf like it just seems like it's in an unbelievably strong position your goal now I guess is to continue it grow it nurture it get those member participants that are on the kind of cuff of of getting into golf properly playing out on the golf course joining memberships and potentially even getting handicaps well a quick question there because i think we've jumped into this quite hot yeah what sorry we've not, I'm, what we've, I'm what excited. We've not even got in what you wanted to get in quite early on is obviously we've got jeremy and Gemma from england golf but to our listeners who are england golf and what does england golf do well england golf is is the governing body for um for amateur golf in England, so that means we look after. Um, we look. We would look after all governance matters, all the rules, all handicapping. We look after the national teams. We look after the national championships. So they're just sort of the, the main parts of of what we would do. Um, but we, uh, with regards to certain things such as the rules and with regards to handicapping, we would be the conduit for our country where we have the RNA and the USGA would be, if you like, they take care of the, the world with regards to setting the rules and the handicapping scenario. We're the conduit. We, we make sure that it's, it's hopefully all in the right place with regards to England. So that's our job and our role. How many governing bodies are there globally? So, so for example, does Scotland have a governing body as well? Yes, it's Scotland it. Golf. Wales Golf? Welsh yeah. Golf? And then what? What about like France golf? Is that a, is that yeah. the day of federation to France? Yeah, and then America, And then what's America's version? The USGA. USGA. So that so that's almost like our our RNA. A little bit. Is it a little bit different in the US? Because we've got a lot of US audiences. I'm Correct. just trying to it's, understand. Are you more like a state kind of governing body in the US? If you look at us in terms of size, we probably are the equivalent of something like Florida State right. Golf Association. Okay. Um. But we're very different because obviously the, the State Golf Association is a, an entity within itself, uh, whereas us England Golf, we've got 35 counties um, and, and all our golf clubs as well. So the, we're, we're sort of like the, the oversight. We are the, the ones that are trying to lead. We are trying to lead the, the game. Great. Uh, make sure we govern it in the right way um, and show how good this sport is. Brilliant. Uh, and sell it. And that's kind of your headline objectives. Growth. What what is there a, is there a tagline from England golf as such? Well, I th- well, our tagline right now is together in golf. Great. Um, quite simply, you know, wanting to make you know that that's where our, our course planner, our five year strategic plan, that's the message that we want to put across that we're all better together in in the game, nurturing and promoting the game. Um, but yeah, it's it's as much about maintaining and making sure that the way that golf is seen. It, that it's relevant, that it does have the right image, the right the right perception. Unfortunately, there is the, there's an antiquated view of golf that it is this stuffy old middle aged white man sport. Yeah. And 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 we're trying to, to 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 make sure that people get a true reflection of what golf really is. There are some wonderful people. It is an inclusive sport, 
Uh, and it isn't that stuffy game that some people think it is. Yeah, no, it, well, obviously that's kind of one of our main missions. We want to we want to make golf look fun. Absolutely, like we want it to. We want anybody anybody in the world who, regardless of of how much money they've got to play the game, where they can play it, that be able to showcase you can play golf. Mm-hmm. It might be in a different. You might not be playing Robert Dale or somewhere like that where it's three hundred pound a green fee or whatever with the best golf clubs in the world. It might be at your local municipal golf course and you might be playing in the set that you've bought from sports direct or you might be going to a driving range or mini golf adventure golf it's still golf as long as you're getting involved and and participating and, and growing in growing in love with the sport that we obviously all love that's a kind of massive bonus really and i'm guessing that's obviously along the lines that you guys want to go with as well exactly absolutely yeah for sure the World Handicap System changed massively, obviously, last year. And Gemma, when we had you on, it was a, a very insightful chat. And uh, I'm sure many people have listened multiple times to get their head fully around it. Has that now settled? Has that happened? Has that gone in really nicely? Has that kind of gone yeah, to plan? I think it went to plan as well as we could, launching mid-pandemic. Um, but I think we got to the point where we actually had two launches, being realistic. Uh, we had the 2nd of November... We played for three days. We went into another lockdown, and then we actually had like the end the end of March when we we came back out of of lockdowns and started to resume some normality in terms yeah. of of where we were. And as you can imagine, second of November to sort of like coming back in in April end end of March beginning of April, the the number of inquiries, the number of questions were just unbelievable. Yeah, to the point we were having around about. 15,000 emails in a week. Oh, my word. <laughs> my goodness. Just all on handicaps? Just on handicaps. What, queries about their handicap change, for why, example? Why it was what it was, uh, why they'd changed, what the system meant. Some people asking what was the world handicap system, they'd never, what was WHS, they'd not heard about it. Um, yeah. Loads of different things, really. Uh, but the biggest problem was people weren't using it. So they were asking these questions in the run to Christmas and just after Christmas, but nobody had actually yeah. had time to go out there and try it. Um, so once people started to come back to golf and started playing again, Jeremy mentioned before about how many scores had started, to, like people rounds had been being played. The spike in the number of scores that we were having submitted under WHS was ridiculous. Yeah. We've already had, up to now, the same amount of scores returned in 2021 as we had in the whole of 2019. Oh, wow. So we'd, we ignored 2020 yeah, figures because yeah. they were just... But for the whole of 2019, we're already at that 5 million scores uh, in a year. And bear in mind, we only started playing golf in March. Correct. Yeah. January, February, we couldn't... Not well, in England anyway. The end of March as well. So we had three months there where there was nothing. Oh, yeah, it was the end of March, yeah. wasn't it? It was, the yeah. eight, it was April when it kicked in. Wow. So that's it, crazy. It, it's been huge. So that was sort of like our sort of like second launch. Um, but since then, it's everybody's got used to it. Everybody's getting used to playing with it and just getting involved and putting scores in and seeing the reaction in yourself. Rick, you've seen you've seen the reaction of what the handicap looks like and how yeah. it works. Yeah. So the whole thing, people are just getting used to it. I think you've got to try it and you've got to get it in your hand and you've got to play with it yourself to understand it. And that's where we are now. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've still got things that we, we know we can iron out and we can improve. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, and, it's and settled fair, in. When you say, I mean, a huge part of WHS was to get golfers to 
put more scores in to get more used to recording their scores to get more used to having you know getting a true reflection of their ability the old system that we had was it was fine and it worked for a time um people never seemed to believe us did they when we told them there was going to be this huge change huge change but it was a huge change but it was all about and the whole idea stemmed from people not being scared of doing a card of actually really wanting to go out and do a card and and you did a brilliant piece on it you know i think you plus two were you or whatever it was but his head's gone big he's got this new whs handicap jeremy we're not here for me (laughs) (laughs) are we not there's a big rs right there um but, but that, that whole idea, though, that really helps because it's getting away from this horrible scenario where people would get a handicap and almost feel like they were stuck with it. Yep. But they now have a situation where they can go out and every time they play, whether it's with their friends or just another member, in, in more relaxed circumstances, they get away from this feeling of being scared of it and they then get a true reflection of their handicap. So hopefully they can enjoy the game more when yep. they compete. Well, one of the, sorry, one of the big things, obviously, that's changed, I think, already, and one of the reasons you've come on the show today is because up until very recently, you had to be a member of a golf club to have an official handicap. For sure. I believe now there's iGolf. We've had loads of questions on the podcast group about this in the last few weeks. People want to know more about it. So obviously we've got the perfect people to tell us. Please explain what is iGolf and how people can get a handicap without being a member of a club. Sure. Well, if I start, Jim, and then yeah. if you, you, you want to take over. But certainly from an, from an iGolf perspective, what we wanted to do was... It, <laughs> As a governing body, we, we, we were seemingly only touching and connecting and engaging with members of golf clubs, and that wasn't a great place to be. So what WHS has allowed us to do and allowed us to, is to extend was to be able to extend that reach and, and, and to be able to offer that handicap um, or handicapping ability, that, that way to, to, to uh, provide a, a measurement tool for people with regards to their own ability to, to, to non-members. Um, which has never happened before. So that's really what we do. iGolf, we launched iGolf specific on um, July the 13th, specifically with a view to reach out to non-members of golf clubs to be able to offer them the ability to have a handicap, to be able to log into the app, to be able to to, uh, to, to, to enter scores and to also, very importantly, that it gives them a certain amount of insurance as well, just like as if they were a member. So if, the, if anything happened bad on a golf course, they have a personal liability insurance up to £10 million worth of cover. So those two really important aspects, a handicap and some insurance, were what we wanted to offer. And this is, pay, you need to pay for this service? Yeah, it's um, £40 uh, per year Okay, on a rolling 12 months. Um, and for that, um, you get your handicap looked after all the way through when you get that insurance. That's great. Because, well, yeah, that's a massive benefit, isn't it? Because, like I say, how many non-members of golf clubs almost feel, I don't know, almost out of golf because they don't have a handicap? Because one of the questions is, when you get, when you, whenever you play golf, whether you, let's say you went to a wedding this weekend and you bumped into another, oh, you play golf? Yeah, yeah. I play golf. What's the next question? What's, What's your handicap? handicap? This is the two questions. If, if somebody finds out you, yeah. you play golf or you're a golfer, they ask you two questions. Like, what's your handicap? And, and either word you play or what clubs do you use? Yeah. They're the questions that people always ask if they find out that you play golf. So to be able to say to everybody, you don't have to be a golf club member anymore. You can have a handicap. You can track your ability. You can measure yourself against your peers is is a great opportunity. And this is a genuine handicap. It's not like an asterisk next to it. It's a com- nope. It's a it's a WHS handicap index, the same nope. as anybody else's handicap index. It's measured 
it's calculated the same way, it's measured the same way. You are just a, an iGolf subscriber rather than a golf club member. That, that That's the only difference. And it's this just England golf. You have to be in England or where, you have to be in England currently. So, so to join iGolf, you have to be resident in England um, and you can you can have a, a, a handicap index. Do America have a similar thing than in the States? or The US and other countries around the world have had golfer, uh, handicaps for independent golfers or non-member golfers for, for many, many years. Uh, and they've all done it slightly differently. Everybody can does it in the, their own unique way. Uh, and we feel that this, this way and what the, the product that we've got here and, and the, the, the ability to do it the way that we do it with iGolf is, is the best suited for, for our market. So I'm a golfer in England. I'm not a member of a golf club. Uh, I want a handicap. Explain to me exactly what I've got. What what have I got to do right now to get that to happen? So exactly the same as if you were a golf club member. First of all, you've got to sign up to the program, which is what so website website. So right, you can go via the England Golf website, or we have an EnglandGolfIGolf.co.uk. I think is the right. I'll put, we'll put a link in the podcast we, yeah, as well and on the YouTube video. Um, so we you 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 sign up through that pay £40. If you have at any point um, been a member of a golf club before, so maybe you've just you've had a, a break away from the game and, and you're now looking to come back, if you know your old membership ID number, we can find your record, we can bring you into the I game using all your old data. Would that would it be a benefit to the golfer doing that or not really? Well, it is if you've already got scores. Right, okay. So if you've already got scores within the system, let's use is them. Is this like instant then? Yeah, yeah. Straight right, away, okay. but yep. but do, do those scores have to have happened within a certain time frame? So between so from twenty eighteen, right, so okay. just as if a golf club member when we did the transition for yeah. WHS, we took scores from twenty eighteen onwards. So we can use those scores; they're genuine scores. They're already in the system, so we can we can use them. You sign up, you get your membership number, you get access to the app. You can then start to put in scores and and like the world handicap system you put in your your eight scores and then your 20 scores and it'll it'll just work it out three three Absolutely. 54 holes three rounds 54 holes worth of scores will give you your initial index and yeah. then you build if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at olivenjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at olivenjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. From there. Great. Que- two questions then. On, th- on the whole, it sounds awesome. And I am a member of a golf club now, but I've not got a handicap there. So I actually might look at doing this and putting in my old CDH number and seeing what I can get down to whatever. But obviously, in the, in the old handicap kind of world, I think you could put cards in, couldn't you? But it was more often people did it in comps. And obviously now you don't have to be in a comp, which is, is good. Yes. But... Do you think, and I'm kind of being a bit negative on this, but do you think that people might might be some more dodgy scores? People are, are playing with a friend at a random course. They might not be playing completely to the rules and putting scores in. Or we we we're going to police this exactly the way as as a golf club would. So yeah. we have a handicap committee within within the iGolf community. We have that that committee already structure. You have to put a score in via the app. It has to be attested by another iGolf user or a golf club member. Okay. So if if you don't know anybody that's an iGolf member or a golf club member, get your friends to sign up as well because you need somebody else to verify your score. You can't go on your own, for example. Correct. Or, right, okay. That's probably one of the biggest things that we've had in, in the last few weeks is people saying, I don't have a friend to mark my card. Now, they're probably playing golf with somebody else, but they've just not signed up or they don't understand. But we have to regulate these handicaps yeah. Exactly the same way as a golf club member would. We're checking them as well. And to be fair, there's... There's a geolocator on the app as well, so you actually have to be at the golf course. There's ah. a time as well, um, so you have to be at the golf club. But and, and when you say that you're going to do the score, there then is a time frame within which you must wow. return the score. So the app is quite developed because we wanted to take it to a certain level, but we also want to rely on the fact that golf is about integrity. There's yeah, a certain yeah. amount of honesty, and yes, you know that there is some people might. It, it is open to some people, like it would be to some members but at the same time at some stage somebody's going to pick them up on it and um, you know we've got things in to to make sure that the the, the level of integrity is well we certainly believe it's greater than it ever was before on the previous system but um, you know we still rely on people's honesty here has has there been any kickback from golf clubs then who are worried that they might potentially lose members or not attract new members because one benefit if you like of being a member of a golf club was always you could then have an official handicap 
but because you can do this through iGolf, that may possibly stop people joining golf clubs. Sure, it's um, it was the biggest worry, yeah. to be honest, and with with regards to our own stakeholders, whether that's counties or clubs or, or plenty of members, that was their main concern. So the way that we, we we've tried to. Uh, um, uh, to position this, it, this is not an alternative to golf club membership. Okay, this is part of a pathway that we would like to be able to provide. We spoke about it already. We don't like the idea that there are people out there that, that, that can go out and enjoy golf but not feel part of the community. Mm-hmm. So we want to be able to bring people into the community. And if they decide then that golf club membership, because they, they then learn more about golf clubs, uh, is a good way to go, then brilliant. And we've already had some people get, you know, become members, uh, become members of the, uh, of golf clubs from from doing it. But it's you know it's it's forty pounds a year. It, it doesn't give you the same. There's no playing rights that go with it. Yes, it's a gr- it's a great subscription platform, but there's no playing rights. You don't get the same uh, ability to compete or the social aspects that you would get from a golf club. So we just want to be very clear. We, we you know there is a pathway to golf club membership, and we're keen that. That's what we want to enthuse people about. Yeah, well, that's what it is. It's a pathway. Like I say, I'm sure the hunger for potentially playing in competitions, you know, once you've got a handicap, might put your might, skills to the test, in it really? It just might become. We, I mean, we've had a we had a dear Rick a few weeks ago, didn't we? And the guy had a, a handicap, and he was he was like wanting to play in competitions because he then wanted to test himself yeah. a little bit more. He actually felt like his handicap was. Um, too high and he felt like he was going to win the competition which quite uh, bold shout (laughs) I'd I'd actually like to see how he got on but I think that's like say when once you've got through that stage of getting you you want to play golf and you want to go to driving range have some lessons maybe then go to a golf course play 18 holes maybe get handicap okay what's next I want to compete okay what's next I want to get my handicap lower okay what's next I want to whatever it may be there's that there's a kind of pathways and all you've done is you've filled a void by the sound of things that was missing that that should be a really fantastic service and and Rick let's just 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 saying that you know whether it be um and this is tried and tested you know whether it's walking running cycling it's already there the moment you're able to use technology to give people a measuring tool yeah it drives avidness, 100%. and that's what you—that—that's what we are after here. We want to drive avidness of people to get out there and to play more, and just enjoy game more. Question: It's more marketing. Let's say you've got ten thousand people signed up to iGolf, for example, and you're thinking, "Well, hold on, these people aren't members of golf courses. Is there a strategy?" to start to target those golfers and you might say well actually i've noticed you've played x golf course down the road your local golf club 10 times okay can we are you communicating that to the golf club is is that is that legal are you allowed to do that or is there a pathway of going this this golfer could actually benefit from joining this golf club they could save money because they're playing this golf course 30 times a year paying 30 quid a year or whatever it may be definitely we've already seen that so we had an example in the first few days of, of iGolf joining that a guy joined iGolf, went to his club and said, well, I've joined iGolf, I'm going to put a card in for my handicap today. And the pro went, well, you play here every week anyway and you pay a green fee. If you wanted a handicap, why didn't you just join? And yeah. straight away he went, okay, I'll join the golf club because actually yeah. now it's benefit, better value for money. But also, we are looking at. We're still relatively new. It's 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 in it's in its development, and we've got plans to 
create a, a, a platform for golf clubs to be able to advertise their offers and, and actually start to sell themselves to these golfers that are out there that want to play golf. They're probably playing their golf courses. Correct. Without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, and of, of course, there are GDPR rules that we are totally adhering so what's that, to. What's so, that, sorry? The... So, so with data protection. Right, okay, yeah. So obviously we want to adhere to that. So people would opt in. And if they do, then then their home address, they, they can be connected then with golf clubs in their, in their area. Great. Where golf clubs can reach out to them, as we said, as a platform to then go, why don't you come along and... And have a trial day, you know, right. have some fun at our place. Right. And, and there will be some golf clubs that will be doing some some iGolfer competitions, specific competitions just for them. Brilliant. Well, I think that's the that's the net that needs to be kind of cast in that area. Golf clubs, there's so many golfers that are probably living so close to the golf club that they could join and not doing for whatever reason. Maybe they just don't know the benefits. Maybe they don't feel inclusive, included. You were talking about golf together. Yes. That right. It's like together together in, golf. in golf. Together in golf. And, and that's it. We've got a golf club here. You like playing golf. Let, let's do something together. Exactly. And, <laughs> like, and, it, and it's almost like saying to the golf clubs as well, look, here's your opportunity. Um, we're going we're gonna to give you the group of people. We're gonna put the, we've put these people together all in one space. It's now up to you as a golf club to actually sell yourself yeah. in, in the right way because we all know how many benefits being a member of a golf club brings, whether it be social aspect, whether it be the competitive whether it be just that away from golf, those friends friends that you make and and yourself coming up and being a junior through golf, yep. friends that we have for life yeah, as, yeah. as golfers. And it's just giving other people that opportunity. And, and I think that's what's really important Absolutely. because there's people that have never experienced that. If you don't know another golf club member, are you ever going to walk through that door yeah. and go, I want to join? But if you if you know people through a network, and you've got a friend that you want to go and maybe try with, you're far more likely to do it than do it on your own. So it's about bringing people together, getting people out on a golf course, and I golf's just the conduit for, for doing that. Right. I've got. Some I've heart. just signed up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've just, just done it. Just done it. He's, he's got his Excuse bank me. card out and everything. <laughs> should, have, should have nudged Jeremy and Jeremy. No, I just wanted to see how easy it was to do, and I'll claim it back. Paid everything. Claim um, it back. So... <laughs> <laughs> Is that my card? No, he's mine. <laughs> so, where do I get an email now? I've just yeah. thanks for joining iGolf, England's golf digital community. You received payment email. Oh yeah, there you go. You there in? You go. Hey, look at that. That's how yeah. easy it was, everybody. Yeah, it took me. I was being at rude for three minutes, but it was very easy and seamless. <laughs> so, congrats. Um, I'm going to ask some hard hitting questions. Okay, right now we're at a boom. Yes, golf is boom. We've established that thirty thousand new golfers joining golf clubs. Everything amazing. I hear the term thrown about a lot, and I've never really used it in massive contexts like grow the game. Okay, I'm sure you've heard it loads of times. I'm guessing with England Golf and other governing bodies, that is one of their main issue, main main ambitions. How is it done? Is there a pathway? How do you how do you grow the game, and how do you keep people in the game? <laughs> Well, to start with, you make it uh, as inclusive as you can. It's as simple as that, okay? You have to make the game embracing yep. to new people. I agree. And uh, there, there would be three, we would say, we talk about a golfer's journey as having three specific sections, leisure and recreational, you heard me talk, talk about earlier. Now, that one tends to be looked after by fairly entrepreneurial folk. 
who would be, as I said, that would be perhaps driving ranges, adventure golf, um, crazy golf, um, top golf, all, all of those types of places where no matter what size you are, gender, age, you go along there and as long as you've got some money, yeah, they're going to welcome you and, and to bring you along. Um, now, part of what, what we must make sure happens is that there is a transition. There is a good bridge between that, those golfers that, that, that are prevalent. Agreed. And, and incidentally, of all ages and, 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 and a great gender split as well, something like 45% of all of those golfers are female, which is brilliant. Amazing. Um, it then comes across to, to the next bit, which is the avid bit, that we've now started to reach out towards now via iGolf. Um, and with regards to them, that, that, that's really just a question of making sure that it, there are plenty of facilities, which, again, there are very much green fee driven, society driven, where they have their own communities and they get out for their own set of circumstances for the most decide they don't want to be a member of a golf club, but they want to play lots and lots. Yep. OK, so, again, as long as golf clubs are welcoming to those people, then, then, then again, golf is in a good place. And then you have the golf club membership. Um, where you have, which would work in tandem, where um, that that would be the, the furthest part of the journey, but, but that works in tandem with with, with the with, with the independent golfers in the middle, where you must have um, whether it's professional golfers or golf clubs being open to to anybody that wants to come and try the game as well and transition mm-hmm. from that leisure and recreation and give it a go. In a, in, a, in a slightly different way. So come along and, and, and bring your children and bring your family along. What do you think the, what do you think the obstacles are of more people coming? I mean, that sounds a, a perfect pathway. What do you see as being the obstacles of more people getting into the game? I, I can see a couple, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, I'd like to hear what you think they are. <laughs> First one, yeah, I think things like dress code. I think the fact that you... Can go. We talked about it a lot on the podcast. It's changing, yes, yeah, slowly but surely. And like I say, you can go to a driving range and wear whatever you want. I feel like that next step from there straight to a golf club is almost too severe. Like you need smart tailored trousers, you need tailored shorts, you need knee length socks at some places. Like you get frowned upon if you went in a hoodie or you went in the wrong clothing. It is changing. I don't know how much you guys get to say in that because obviously you're just a governing body you don't own the golf courses as such do you think that's an obstacle and then my other one i honestly think from just driving range adventure golf pitch and put straight to 18 holes of golf there's too big a yeah, jump agree with that there's yeah. way too big a jump just, just a quick on your second point i completely agree and i've got a little anecdote will come on to you about how you said range is fun an 18 hole golf course is quite daunting and quite big with dress code i agree with you that dress code probably should be more relaxed but is that actually a barrier because there's a new golf that goes to the range once or twice can even know a dress code is a thing i think yeah because even when let's say for example i went to um i went to a golf event last week with my wife she asked me what can i wear mm. like what what am i allowed to wear can i wear this can i wear trainers can i do that and it was like i, I do believe non-golfers or even brand new golfers understand there's a level of dress code you need to abide by let's say but i don't know if it's super clear mm. and if it is super clear is it too strict can it be more relaxed potentially but we look if dress code has always been an issue in golf go back 100 years when women used to have to wear a, a, a a big long skirt that yeah. didn't, ha- didn't show their ankles and yeah. a corset and all this to play golf. And then I can't remember the lady's name who was the first lady to wear trousers on a golf course. Yeah. And that was like a hundred and odd years ago. Mm. 
and look at look at where we've get. So we, to to expect golf clubs to change overnight is almost impossible. It's a hundred percent changing. It's, it's, it's little bits, and we're seeing that change hundred, because it's, it's without doubt changing. It, like oh, I know it is. Um, we're in a we're in a point now where it is definitely. I just don't know if that's being portrayed enough potentially. But I would also throw in that you know there are eighteen hundred golf clubs in England, and. You will have all the way through to you know championship, open championship golf clubs. Of course, you, you'll have a whole spectrum of clubs, and and I think something there, you know, you heard me speak about it. Getting that transition right from how do you help people transition from the driving range to a golf course, you know, and, and you can mix them both in. You know, eighteen holes transitioning straight from the driving range to eighteen holes is a huge jump, probably mm. too big and, and wouldn't be enjoyable. So you do, you do six hole, there are six hole golf courses, there are nine hole golf courses, there are golf courses with loops, uh, loops of nine holes. But also likewise, that there is a learning process with regards to, to dress code. And I think what you'd find is there are so many golf courses now that if you, that they're actually linked in some way to driving ranges, that driving yeah. ranges can give you advice with regards to where to go. Yeah. And when you get there, you'll see that pretty much there is a fairly relaxed approach to dress code. There will be other golf courses. You know, it might be so much as a third or 25% of those 1,800 where you would still be expected to potentially wear a pair of trousers and a collar and, 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 and a jumper. But you know what? The majority of golf courses now, they're pretty relaxed. Do you ever encounter a meeting with a golf course of that caliber and they're asking you how do we get more members yet they have these outrageously strict kind of dress codes or entry level do you ever do you ever encounter anything like that absolutely i i think let's come back to to what we spoke about about that you know this being a perfect storm for with regards to golf or a a, a perfect rainbow for golf there were far too many golf clubs certainly in england but i but i'll say across the uk that, that were had, had just found themselves in this land of mediocrity. They didn't really understand why they were losing members, but they were. Mm. And, and for 10 years, golf club membership was, uh, was diminishing. And it was just happening. It was almost like this creep. The golf was just, just leaving. And they couldn't understand why. And it's really taken this pandemic to wake them up because all of a sudden they've had an influx of younger people um, sometimes, you know, of more women coming into the, their golf clubs. And, and, a, and it's been wonderful to see up and down the country of watching and looking at some of these golf clubs turning around and going, you know what, this is great that we have this interest from younger people, from more women. Yep. And they're changing because of what's happening great, to them. Great. Because they had got stuck in mediocrity. But there are enough good members now turning around and going, you know what, let's move with the times. Let's become more relevant. Let's be more embracing to more people. Yeah. Do you think almost the power's gone almost back to the golfer over the golf clubs? Because I remember back in the day, like, joining fees were a massive, like, I don't, really see anywhere with joining fees they might, they might actually come weirdly back in again they are because in the, some places the demand yeah. is so high right now but i feel like you know back in the day where i mean i used to hear stories where golfers would go to a golf club try and join with a check ready to go and they get turned down for one reason or another yeah. obviously that feels like it's definitely changed it's just it's just as a, I, I just feel there's something in the middle section i think like i never really see a six hole green fee for example like the, it, it's really changing and I think golf clubs themselves are sort of like looking at how they can adapt. So we've seen a massive rise in the number of nine hole 
rounds being played. Yeah. Now, at the start of the year, we knew why, because green fee Absolutely. and time on the golf course was so short. People were teeing off at like 6pm. Correct. And also, some, some golf clubs, because they had so many members that they had to get out onto the golf course, were saying, you can play nine holes a day. Wow. We can't get wow. you out. So we're having two nines. People are just going out and playing. We want to get as many people on the course. So nine hole green fees went, nine hole rounds went up. Nine holes as well is that hour and a half that you can go out and just play. I yeah. like nine holes. It's brilliant. It's, it's better than 18. It's, it's quick. You can enjoy it. You don't feel like I'm you, out you've here got forever. without it being like that strenuous. Is, that is the downside of golf. Obviously, I've played golf all my life. I'm lucky enough to have played it. But 18 holes is a graft, isn't it? It's like you said, four hours on the golf course, give or take. You've got to get to the golf club, get there early for your tea time. It's, it's a long, it's a day, it feels like a full day. I think don't, nine holes. Don't forget, this pa- pandemic has also seen um, a lot of partners, whether that's wives or husbands, turn around and go, oh gosh, a round of golf isn't seven hours then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because having tea times and having to leave from the golf yeah. course. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So yeah. that's that's ruined a couple of perceptions, but still. Yeah, right. I think... But the fact that people now can go and play nine holes and we're seeing more golf clubs offering nine hole competitions, nine hole rounds. We've had an influx of nine hole ratings for golf courses because people want to put a nine hole scoring for handicap purposes. Brilliant. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think there's a lot of discussion going on in, in the wider game around the world about inclusion of six holes and, and how far you push that because... Is three holes a round of golf? That was a, a discussion that I've had recently. And, and have you even got into the swing of things in three holes to be able to say that's a round of golf? But six holes is a nice number. Um, you could handicap over six holes. So there's, there's almost that challenge as well. Yeah, we've just had the challenge of WHS, but how can we continue to use this modernisation to drive the modern game. That is is where I think we need to go more with this kind of short and snappier versions of golf because the driving range can have so much fun, chipping comp, putting comp on the the practice facilities, but then, like I said, 18 holes can feel a slog. I feel like if you did, and I'm going to copyright this idea, you're hearing it here on the podcast first, quick six, you had to play in two balls, ready golf, and it's an hour. Done. And if no, now you get you get a shot penalty per minute. I I think I think quick six would just like fly. Rick's quick six. Go for a quick six, like. But again, and it's easy. It's like ten pounds or whatever it may be. It's only a tiny step up from from driving range prices. Once you bought hundred, potentially. I remember uh, they've kind of died off a little bit. I remember that time when there used to be two flags in a green power play golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's time now. But have like a hole that's slightly bigger. Like have a have a, a, golf quick, hole. a quick six hole that's maybe twice as big as a normal hole, or have it somewhere that's just you, you play off the forward tees, but it's it's just a quick six. We're just going to fly around and and I don't know. I just think there's there's that little pathway, and I think honestly, if that was advertised and really pushed, I mean, it's a real shame in this country we don't. You know, I've seen it in other countries where like floodlight golf is is huge over in like, like if we had floodlight golf over here. Is it, it must just be the power or the cost of electricity or whatever. But I think through through the certainly the, the winter months when it obviously goes dark a lot earlier, quick six quick six after after work and you quick six at six. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> six in the morning <laughs> or six at night. Yeah. I think what you what you'll see though is, you is the, first, with the incredible resurgence in golf. It's not just the playing which has got a resurgence the amount of um, investment that is now coming back into golf. We've seen for the first time as well, there are golf courses that are being purchased 
um, and they're being purchased with, with, with different thoughts in mind. It's how do we create the situation where we get people round quickly? We create different types of membership. We sell, we use some of the land for creating maybe a, a top golf, top, um, top tracer facility. Yeah. So we have that driving range fun. We, we then have a, a really good F and B. We have a, you know, a great restaurant or cafe or whatever. And then you have two leaps of six or, or, or nine holes there yeah. just to get people round for exactly what you're saying to keep yeah. that fun and to do it within a good time question then for, for you jeremy well for both of you but probably more for you jeremy but obviously you said last year we had a record number of people joining golf clubs and then this year as well i think we said it was the end of march where people could start playing golf again so yes. therefore people joined how do you think we keep those new golfers one, hopefully once this pandemic's gone which it seems to be touchwood kind of slowly doing how do we keep those new kind of casual golfers engaged is there anything we need to do do you think or you guys need to do what, what, how do you see that happening yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I think first off, any of the ones that became members, then it's the golf clubs. As you said, you know, we're the governing body, so we're able to influence. We have a team of 20 uh, club support officers that go out and work every day in all the counties up and down the country, trying to help golf clubs with regards to what their value proposition is, whether that's just playing their golf course from a green fee perspective or, or a, a value proposition of being a member. So golf clubs have a duty of care to themselves to make sure that their value proposition is in the best place, that they have... you, you know it's value for money that there's a great uh, there is that great social aspect there the right amount of competitions and so on so that's a way we can make sure we retain the membership with regards to the other aspect the participation side of things then then i think that that that's wider and i think there is you're going to see more investment as there is now with regards to making golf how can, are there different versions still keeping the integrity of the game but are there slightly shorter versions of the game top tracer coming into its own more top golfs um making uh, um, the equipment companies coming out with, with 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 the latest and greatest as i know that you, you you trial i think there's a duty of care from everybody all stakeholders in the game but it's definitely there there's an energy level right there mm. to try to keep as many of those people but even if we don't keep them with it the main sport we have had so many people come in and again i come back to this point that it's the number one second sport yeah. so that's a great place to be because you know what when they stop playing potentially their rugby their cricket their football invariably they get a bit older and they get you know what you know i want to get out there on the golf course that is my exercise i'm not a gym person i go to the, i go to the golf course yeah makes sense like i say it, it's uh, and, and it's so nice to be speaking in a position that's that's so strong for golf at the moment who would have ever thought you know last march when all this kicked off never did we think we'd be sitting here and going the golf is in the best place it's probably been for forever Potentially, I mean, I don't. Apart from maybe when the tiger boom back in like the late nineties, like this is right now that the the second biggest boom in golf. I'd like to say it's great to be in that position. What you guys are doing to be able to bring handicap to to non golfers, to be able to grow the game, to bring in people together, those pathways. The fact that we've got fantastic driving ranges certainly around the world at the moment, but certainly here in England, that like working with like do. You, like, do you work with Top Trace or anything, or is that, yeah? Yes, we do. Yeah. We, like, we, things like that, because they bring so much value to non-golfers or, or recreational golfers who, like, say, second or even third sports, as you mentioned, Jeremy. And they'll start to really grow in love with golf. And I think we're in, we are in a great position. It's just how do we continue it and keep, keep growing it? But it's, it's about growing that love. If you love something, whether it's football or golf, if, if you've got a passion for it, you're more likely to, even if you might step away, you'll come back to it. 
Um, and, and that's what we're sort of seeing. We're seeing people that played golf at 10, 11, 12, who then went on and did something else. They played football or cricket, and then now we're coming back to the game. We always knew, we've always had players that played rugby, like rugby lads that played rugby until they were sort of 35, realised that they couldn't get out of bed on a Saturday morning after they played rugby on a, on a, on a uh, sorry, on a Sunday morning after they couldn't get out of bed and have gone, I need to find something else to do because eventually I ain't going to get out of bed on a Monday morning and then it jeopardises work. So they start playing golf. And actually because we can then get them into the game, they've got a love for it, they've built that love up over time, they might have only watched it on TV. Uh, they might have watched the Open or the Women's or whatever it might have been, the Masters is always the one that people sort of like, never interested in golf, but they'll sit and watch the Masters. And it's that spark. And if you can get that and and maintain that and then bring it and drop it into people's lives at different points, when it's right for them, then you've got a golfer. Because by the time they're 35, 45, they're a golfer and they're involved in golf, they're a member of a golf club. And if you're a member of a golf club at 45, the chances are you're probably still going to be a member of a golf club when you're 85. Exactly. Because you never leave. Because oh. a golf club gets the hooks into you and that's it. Yep. You, you, you've been on a committee, you've been captain, you've done mm. everything, you've done everything. And then you, it feels like it's home. But it's like you mentioned that, not only your club, but all your friends are, yeah. are there. Like the, your friends that that's your, that's your, your, your family, network. really. Of course they do. And something that we should say as well is, is, is that some of the things you asked about Top Tracer... Um, is the fact that we're not only a governing body that just sits sits away from um, uh, from golf clubs. We have our own golf club. We have Whittle Spa where we have a 36-hole golf, golf complex. In fact, so, circa some 800 acres that we look after in, in, in Lincolnshire, 900 members that we look after, that we want to nurture to give them the best experience. But also it is the home of England golf. So that's where any member of uh, a golf club in England, uh, they have a, a little share, if you like, that, uh, of that particular golf complex we only put in at the beginning of july we put top tracer into our own range there because we wanted to improve the experience and yeah. we just knew that it was a no-brainer to be honest to have people coming along and to being able to again it's this this requirement for technology and to be able to measure what you're doing how far am i hitting it how well am i hitting it um we've got that in incidentally you'll be, you'll be uh, interested to know as well that we, we, we have plans for a six-hole short course there as go. well there. Quick, so, quick, uh, quick six. We're, gonna, we're trying to lead by example and we're trying to experiment ourselves so that when we talk to golf clubs, they get the fact yeah. that we're going through an experience as they are. Well, you need that, don't you? I think that's really Absolutely. important. Absolutely, you need like, substance. You almost need that test dummy golf club as such to go, this is what's worked, yeah. this hasn't worked. You know, sure. you get more respect for that as well. We can't we can't tell golf clubs what's the best thing to do if if, if we can't do it. If yeah. we don't have a have That's a play around with it and work out what's the right thing. We can't go to other golf clubs and say, actually this really works because we've never tried it. Yeah. So it, it's it's about using Woodall to 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 develop that and the National Golf Centre to create sort of like a, a best practice model, but also somewhere where people would love to come. Yeah. And, and and really love to spend time and and just and soak up the atmosphere. Um, we had the golf week, national golf week down at uh, Woodall Spa last week, and our week, we had yeah. four or five, 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 six events. I think our yeah. team they were there for five days, and it was bonkers. The amount of golfers that were were around, everybody happy, smiling. Luckily, it was a nice week, and the weather was good to us. But so many smiling faces, whether that be from young juniors through to our senior series finals and. People just enjoying the experience of coming to Woodall Spa. 
Yeah. And to be fair, they, they were just they're normal members. Golf normal club, club members. members. Handicapped members. It's not this. The week before, the home internationals. We, yeah. we hosted the home internationals at Woodhall Spa. So it is just showing that golf is that inclusive game. That One week it can be that, that the best players in the, in the UK coming along from all four home nations. And the next week it's, it's, it's everyday golf club members coming and enjoying the same yeah. place. Amazing. Well, for me, I want to thank you for all your service because England golf for me in my career in golf has been very influential. Um, things like the Golf Foundation, I used to go out and, and uh, deliver golf foundation classes to local schools when I was a pro at Mia and to, to see that infrastructure and to be able to bring those new or non-golfers complete non-golfers into golf and get them to love that and then even more recently going to JCB and uh, my girls were, were having lessons with the golf foundation uh, pros there I mean, it's just amazing what you do and I think it's probably it doesn't get the recognition it deserves because I think it's not an easy job to grow a game that's so established um, and somewhat sucking traditions at some levels but i suppose you've got to you've got to respect the traditions you've got to respect everything that's gone forth but also kind of shoehorn it into a direction that's going to continue its longevity into the many 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 years into the future so thank you for, ev- for everything you do and you and the whole team because i'm sure like i say it's a huge team that goes behind it uh well done on putting the world handicap system into play and even like i say this um the, the new handicap system, the iGolf, I think it's a fantastic initiative and everyone listening and watching who hasn't, who wants a handicap and not signed up, join Guy. Mine's 3.4, so I'll take that. <laughs> Have you already done it? I've done it, it's come up, yeah, yeah 3.4. Massive out, does it? So there you I thought go. he was working on this podcast, he's just been getting no, his handicap. I've just been getting my handicap, yeah. He'll no. be, uh, be going putting the score in this afternoon now. Yeah. Um, thank that. you for coming on. Any any other things you need to, you want to cover? Anything that you... Well, thanks, Rick, just well. Again, we'd like to say thanks and, and thank you to yourself as well because all of us stakeholders in the game, it is all of our responsibility to do the best by the game and, and what you do, the pair of you, is, is just great because it, it is an inclusive game and it is fun. Yeah, And well, that's the best thing about golf. It it's a sport Definitely. and it's fun. So thank you. No problem at all. Um, thank you. And uh, Gemma, I'm sure you'll be recognised in many, <laughs> more, many more Halfords moving forward. And Jeremy, get, get ready for the fame. It's gonna yeah, be big. It's gonna, it's gonna get. It's gonna, gonna get tough. there. I can imagine Jeremy walking out with like sunglasses coming out of here and like jumping in like a limousine and going, <laughs> <laughs> getting a helicopter away. Lots of groupies screaming straight into, <laughs> straight into the fandom. Um, right, awesome. Thanks for listening to episode ninety-one. Yeah, and uh, we'll be back next week with a couple of banger guests, an absolute monster of a guest, and another good guest as well. Two monsters. <laughs> Shall see you next week on the Rich Hills Golf Show podcast. See you later. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.